Have you ever felt like you are just a victim of your own calendar? We're going to talk about how to get that calendar back today on the Tower Hill Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Tower Hill Podcast. It is so good to be back. This is Pastor Jason, just returning from family vacation, which it was awesome. I tell you, vacation is so much fun, and but definitely not without stress. I feel like vacation was so much better when you're a kid. You could just hop in the car, not worry about how much things cost, and just enjoy yourself. I always say traveling with little kids, it's like... Uh, it's not really restful. You, you go on a trip, you don't really go on a vacation. But either way, it's good to be back. And now we, at least as a church staff, we're rolling into the fall. We're already planning Christmas. We're looking at all the different events happening in the next few months. And I tell you, it, it seems to happen to me every single year that I start gearing up for September and my calendar just explodes. And then what happens is I am just a victim of this calendar. I get all the kids' schedules, work schedules, anything else that we're doing as a family, all the different obligations. And before I know it, I'm just completely overwhelmed. And I feel like I'm not even just living my life. I'm I'm reacting to a life that has already been planned uh, and not in a good way. (laughs) So uh, I was thinking a lot about this and how can we get back into a rhythm that's maybe a little bit healthier, where we're being intentional and planning our lives in a way that's going to grow us closer to God, even in the midst of our busy season. I think that is so important. I think oftentimes when we think about what does it mean to grow as a disciple, we think, oh, it means I have to add four or five things to my already busy life. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm going to have to wait till my not so busy life, which of course never comes except for like two weeks in January. But looking forward to the fall, you know, I don't know if you have this feeling, but I definitely get this feeling like, I feel like I'm missing out on spending my time on what matters most because I have to spend my time on what's right in front of me. And I don't create any margin for myself to follow God in maybe a way that he has planned that I didn't have on my calendar. So that's really the topic of this sermon series. This sermon series is called Game Ready, How to Make the Most of Your Time This Fall. And I hope that you find it helpful no matter where you are in your life of faith, that you think about what does it mean to be intentional? Maybe God wants to do something for you and your family during this next season of life. So how do we structure our busyness around what God wants us to be spending our time on. So we have that going on today. And before we get into the sermon, just a couple of fun things happening at the end of the month. Our church, we are volunteering at our local fireman's fair. So if you're not in the area, if you don't go to our church and you're listening to us online, hi, and it's, I'm so glad that you're listening. But uh, really for the folks in our church, it's just a reminder, we're going to sign up and volunteer at the fireman's fair and we're going to have these Tower Hill shirts and we're going to be a real presence in the community. We're so excited about that. And don't forget on Sunday, September 10th is our big kickoff for the year. We go back to our normal uh, worship schedule and on that day, we have some really cool stuff for the kids. We have inflatables. We're going to be having French toast. Like, come on. I mean, that is, that is fantastic. 
We have a French toast, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We we have a big uh, ministry display, and it's a real festive, fun time. We hope that you could join us. Worship services at nine o'clock for our traditional service, and ten thirty our contemporary service. But without further ado, let's get into week one of Game Ready. Have a great week. But usually for us, in the rhythm of our year, we go from August to September with a thud. I mean, man, it's hard. It's a tough re-entry. But here's the thing, a lot like that time jar. Every time this happens, I find that my calendar fills up and I start reacting. And then there's a part of me that starts thinking, am I missing what God wants to be doing in this season of my life because my schedule just squeezes him out? Am I missing what God wants me to spend my time on the most, on what matters the most, because I'm just a victim of my calendar, just constantly reacting? Well, if you ever felt that way, I think you're in good company. This sermon's for you. And this sermon series is for you. It's called Game Ready. Game Ready. How to spend your time and plan your time on what matters most as we go into the fall. Think of the next couple of weeks as a kind of training. As we get ready to maximize, I think, what God wants for us as we get into our schedules. And we're going to launch into this topic in sort of an unusual story. You might not instantly think time management, Moses. I might just be like, I don't know, but we're going to do it that way. We're going to go through Exodus chapter 18. Moses has taken the Israelites across the Red Sea, but it's before they receive the Ten Commandments, so they're camping out in the wilderness. They're already complaining that they'd rather go back and die in Egypt. We're so tired of manna. We hate it here. We're thirsty. We're going to starve. We liked it better when we were slaves. Wasn't that true? Yeah, that was true. And then Moses is trying to, like, manage this people. And I know that because of this story coming up. Verse 13, Exodus chapter 18, verse 13. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. All right, stop right there. How do I know things are bad? They needed a judge already. So there's Moses serving as a judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. (laughs) Yikes. Morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, Because the people will come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. All right, so let's stop right there. Is what Moses is doing inherently good? I would think, yes, he's doing something good. He is helping his people understand how to live the way that God wants them to live. That is a worthy work. That is a good work. And he has filled his day with that good work. Now here comes his father-in-law. Moses' father-in-law replied, What you are doing is not good. 
You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain. And all these people will go home satisfied. Jethro dropping some wisdom. Some time management, some leadership wisdom. You know, I never see Jethro's book right next to like Who Moved My Cheese and like Barnes and Noble, right? Like all the business books or something like Jethro's, how to manage. But I will say this is great, great advice. And this is where I think we get hung up. Moses is doing something that is good. But the way in which he is doing it is not good. I feel like this kind of sums up a lot of us. We want to do good. We sign up to volunteer for a lot of things. How did I get so busy? You said yes to everything. And you know what? They're all good things. And you're juggling them all. And you're going crazy. Yeah, you know the feeling. Ever struggle with that? It's, it's because of their good things. I think it would be a lot easier if we just had a choice between all bad things in our life and then all good things. And then we could just say, okay, well, those are clearly bad. But no, they're all good things that we're saying yes to. But we get crazy. And then what happens is we start reacting to our life instead of living our life. I think that's the difference between flourishing and floundering. Whether or not we're being intentional about our life or we're just reacting to whatever our calendar has decided for our life. Don't you think God wants more for us? Right? That we might miss out on what he's doing if we're not careful? Because, listen, one fall can go into winter, could go into spring, could go into another fall. How long will that go on? And we miss maybe what God wants to do. What if I told you, you may be able, you may be able to live in more of a way that God wants for your season of life and still be busy. Like, in the midst of your busyness, you can grow closer and your family can grow closer to God. I believe you can. The difference is we just have to be intentional. Listen, you know this. Every good thing in your life is intentional. You didn't accidentally have a good marriage. Right? You don't accidentally have a bad... Well, you do accidentally have a bad marriage. You don't accidentally be a good parent. You can accidentally be a parent, but you can accidentally be a good parent. It doesn't just happen, but you don't accidentally grow closer to God. Oh man, I'm sorry I'm late. I started praying and I went for like four hours. I lost track of time. Man, right? I started reading my Bible and I just couldn't stop. Sorry, kids. Dinner's going to be a little late. Daddy was reading his Bible too long. I mean, that's rare. 
that we don't tend in that direction. We tend in the other direction. So you have to be intentional. This is true in our spiritual life. You have to be intentional. And this is true with our time. You don't get more time. You don't grow closer to God in your life, in your calendar, by accident. Here's what's at stake. After this happened in Moses' life, this was next. That's Mount Sinai. That's where he went to meet with God and receive the Ten Commandments. The absolute foundation of not only the Hebrew nation, but everything we understand about God and Jesus Christ all comes from this moment. Two moments that happen close together. Liberation from slavery out of Egypt and the Ten Commandments. This is how you are supposed to live as God's people. If Moses had not listened to Jethro, he never would have had time to go to Mount Sinai. You see what I'm saying? You could miss what God wants for your life because you've not created margin. Moses needed margin in his life. Jethro realized this. He said you couldn't just sit there from morning till night and judge over a lot of people. Good as a thing as that is, Moses. You can't do that. Because by doing the good thing, you're missing the great thing. By doing the, the important thing, you're missing the most important thing. You need to have enough margin in your life to go be with God and to listen from him. Moses needed margin. And you know about margins. Margins are set on the paper before you even start writing. That's the place where you're not supposed to write. You're supposed to leave blank space. Well, that's not how most of us live our lives. Most of us live our lives like I write in my school textbooks. Writing all in the margins. And there's nothing left. And we wonder why we're feeling less grounded, why we're feeling anxious, why we're feeling tired, why we're not feeling like we even want to connect with God. We got, God's got the one little ping pong ball, right, instead of all the other ones. We need space for God to speak into our life. This is something that Jesus was a master at. He had margin in his life. Now, in those three years of Jesus' ministry, I can't imagine every, any one of you would be so bold as to say, you have a busier schedule than Jesus. Because even when Jesus was resting, he was like walking to another city. And yet he made it a regular time in his life that he would get away. And he would spend time with his heavenly father. So that he could be intentional about the life he was living. He wasn't just reacting to life as it was happening in real time. Jesus had great intention. And I believe that comes from spending time with God. In order to spend time with God, you need to have some margin in your life. And it's hard to have margin when all you're doing is reacting. And life can get out of control quickly. Okay, because this is what happened. When something goes on the calendar, everything's equally urgent and immediate, and that's a problem because not everything is urgent and immediate. It just is to you in that moment. But what if you could ahead of time decide, this is how I want to spend my time on most matters. Because it's, it's not just your time, it's your energy. 
You have to know yourself. You need some self-awareness. For example, my most productive time in my day, when I'm at my most creative, is between about 8 in the morning and noon. Uh, I could probably do earlier, but that's around the time like the kids are getting up and everything else, so it's not real work time for me. But I could probably do earlier. I somehow became a morning person. I don't know how that happened, quite honestly. I don't know. just the Lord, I guess. I don't know. Or kids. I don't know. Either one. So in the morning, that's my prime time for creativity. And then we get to lunch and after lunch, and I'm like, you know, coffee, more coffee. You know, I'm just, I'm hurting. So usually I try in the afternoon to, to schedule my time with people because people will energize me. I can, I can have conversations with people. I'll try to set up meetings and things like that. So I'm not doing my sermon writing at 3 in the afternoon. That would be bad. It would be a real quick one. I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't be so bad. But, but it would, I wouldn't be at my best. I would be cheating my gift if I put it at the wrong time of my day. Right? So instead of getting to work, like, it would be bad if I came and I just did all my administrative stuff but in the morning. And waited to think creatively until later. I have to be intentional about my days. Otherwise, I'm not creating enough space. You know, there's this great pastor, um, Craig Groeschel. He is Life Church. Uh, fantastically successful church. They're the ones that came up with the YouVersion Bible app. That they, gave, they developed and gave away for free to the world. They have not made a penny on this app. And they've, they've had like millions and millions of downloads. It's, it's amazing. Phenomenal what they have done. I've talked to you about the YouVersion Bible app before. It's a great resource uh, for your smartphone. But um, it, the way that he talks about managing his time is he says he creates 10% of his day for what he calls the margins. He intentionally has 10% of his day where he has nothing planned, and that's sacred space. The reason, he says, is so that when God speaks into his life, he has room to act on it. One of these things was the Bible app. That Bible app never would have happened if Craig Rochelle did not create margin in his life. We might be so busy doing good things that we don't have any time for Mount Sinai. We don't have any time to hear from God about what he wants for this season of our lives. So I think this, over these next three weeks, let's think about it like we're in training for the fall. We can make it kind of fun. I think it's sort of like the NFL training camp. This is the time of year where poor Karen starts rolling her eyes because I get really excited about the NFL season. When I'm listening on the radio, they got the training camp updates. I'm getting ready to school all my fantasy football guys again. Uh, you know who you are? I, you know, we're, we're gearing up. We're getting ready. They got the preseason games going. It's great. It's fantastic. I get excited. And it makes me think about when I used to play football and why... You need training camp. And I feel like there's a spiritual metaphor going on here with training camp in the NFL. So training camp, at least all of us who played high school and college football at all understand that we had harder training camps than these NFL guys, but that's another conversation. We had three days. Come on now. Training camp really had three big purposes. Um, probably more, but I'd say these are, these are kind of big three main purposes you had training camp. Because you understood, you had to get ready before the pads were on. You had to get ready before the first game. You couldn't just show up to the first game without any training and be like, I hope it's going to work out. No, you've got to get ready for it. So the first thing is to develop muscle memory. 
Now, as an offensive lineman, we had to do drills particular to our position. The drill that I hated the most, that I still cringe when I see this equipment on the field, are cages. Cages, it's, it's just what it sounds like. It looks like that picture up there. It's this metal thing. Um, we had like kind of individual cages where the offensive lineman has to get way down and get his pads way down in the cage, all the way under. And when the coach blew the whistle, you had to explode up into the defensive player that was in front of you. Like that doesn't sound so bad, but you do that a hundred times and you're, you're hurting, you're sore, you're sweating, you can't wait for it to end. And the coach says, get in there again, get in there again, get in there again. It's awful, but what is it doing? So now when I get to the game, I've developed muscle memory on how to have the proper position and technique. I don't have to think about, I ought to get low. No, my muscles just do it. I did it so many times in practice that when I get into the game, I just do it. I play the game. I think for a lot of us, it's developing, we need to develop some muscle memory when it comes to our faith. We need to do so, we need to get into a habit of training ourselves so that when game time comes, when life happens, when the calendar starts to fill, we are ready. The other thing, the other big goal is you got to learn the playbook. It'd be pretty bad as an offensive lineman if, uh, if it's a passing play and I run block. The guy will whiff right by me and get, just destroy my quarterback, which you don't follow football, is not good. you got to know the playbook so that when you get in the game, you can execute it properly. It's been designed to do something for you. And if you don't do it, if you mess it up, it's not going to work. And then the third thing is you really figure out what does it take to win? What is it going to take of me recovering between games? What's it going to take for me in my strength training or my nutrition or what's it going to take for us as a team to win? You figure out, you get a plan. This is what it's going to take for us to win. Before the pads are ever on, what do we need to do? You know what training camp does? Here's how I relate it to the idea of margins is that it creates enough margin for you to play the game. If all you did was think about everything the whole game, you're going to fail. You have to have fun. You have to get in there. You have to enjoy it. You have to let loose. You have to cut it loose. All that training will be recalled as you play. You need enough margin to play the game. I feel like for most of us, we haven't given ourselves enough margin to play the game. 1 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8, I think is a great verse for this. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. We got to train. Again, it doesn't just happen by accident. We got to train. So what does that look like for us? What does that look like for your calendar? Now, now I know you're going to tell me. Calendar's already full by now, or it's getting close, filling up quickly. But listen, what would it look like if you started intentionally thinking, okay, we're going to our busy season. What would it look like if I started 
doing something. I started training myself or our family to grow closer to God, to listen to what God might want to create margin. So let's talk a little bit about that. I'm going to get um, into some details. The first is we need to develop muscle memory. So what does that mean? I think we need to get into spiritual habits. We need to develop good spiritual habits. Now for me, this is what it looks like for me. This is something new that I started doing this year was so that I make sure that I'm managing my time and my energy well, I need to plan my time out ahead of time. In other words, I can't just show up the day that, you know, okay, time to do devotions without having thought about when in the day I'm going to do it, how long I'm going to be. If I'm falling asleep on the couch at 9.30 at night, then I'm not setting my devotion time for 9.28. It's not a good, I'm not at my best, not ready to roll. So I take my digital calendar and my paper calendar and I write all my times with God first. Now, I understand life happens sometimes. You oversleep. Something gets in the way, you have to go. But at least I know ahead of time how I'm going to be spending my time tomorrow. And the first things first, I make sure that my God time's down. I have about a 20-minute routine. And I make sure that my God time is first. Then I think about my work day and I think about where is my family time and all of that. And then I start writing in my calendar, family time. For me, I have kind of a weird schedule where I'm home uh, for a bit in the evening and then I come back usually for meetings at night. So trying to figure out when's that time going to be. I have a very flexible job, but, but kind of an odd, oddly houred one. So I have to be intentional about, well, where's that family time going to fall? And if I'm in a real busy season for a couple of weeks, how do I make it up on the other end with a little more family time? And that's, I mean, that's just always a challenge. But if I'm doing it ahead of time, I have a better shot of doing it. Then you're thinking about work and you're thinking about productivity and all the other things and the kids' schedules. But if you could start calendaring that stuff out and getting into some habits, you could develop some muscle memory so then when it does get really crazy, you don't have to think about it. It's already in your calendar. I am doing this. I'm getting up early or I'm doing this at this time to spend my time with God. And I want to encourage you, start small. Because you don't want to just discourage yourself like, I'm going to memorize a chapter a day, you know, or some wild goal. Like, don't, no, 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 no. Just start with, maybe get the YouVersion Bible app and think of one verse. It has a verse of the day. That I'm going to read that verse today and say, God, I love you, amen. Whatever, just real quick. And see if that helps. Then the second thing is to, you got to learn the playbook. Okay, I'm just, I'm hoping you, playbook. All right, playbook, got it you got to learn the playbook. If you're just relying on your crazy pastor to talk to you about Jesus every Sunday, you're not getting enough. You're not getting enough of the playbook. It's, it's getting into it, diving in. And I know, I understand. You're like, every time I go to read the Bible, pastor, I just don't understand it. There's all these things that are confusing. I totally get that. But don't psych yourself out. You can do it. And you don't need a seminary-trained person to walk you through the teachings of Jesus, for example, in uh, Matthew chapter 7, right? The Sermon on the Mount. You can handle the Sermon on the Mount. You do not need to know the original Greek to get what he's saying in the Sermon on the Mount. So what does that look like for you? Maybe it looks like uh, you're going to try this inductive Bible study method. Inductive just means you're going to do it without any aids. You're going to go into the New Testament, start reading a little bit of, say, the Sermon on the Mount. I think it's a great place to start. And ask three questions of the text. Take a chunk of text and say, what does it say? 
What does it mean? What does it mean to me? And you will discover that you will be growing by leaps and bounds in your understanding of the playbook. I think another thing that's great is scripture memory. And I know many of you are like, I, Pastor, I can't memorize scripture. Yes, you can. I promise you can. You memorize song lyrics from when you were eight. You can memorize scripture. Why is that important? Again, it, it's, it gets in your soul. It gets in your heart and you start living it more. I think a great one would be to start with this 1 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8, about training and godliness. What if you said, that's the verse this week I'm going to do. By this time next Sunday, I'm going to have that memorized. I bet you could do it. Got to learn the playbook. And then third, to learn what it's going to take to win. What do I mean? To manage your time and your energy with your family... And allow enough margin for God to speak into your life. To be intentional about what God wants to do in your life. Here's how I suggest doing this. I'm going to put some questions on the screen. This is what I'd like you to work on this week. If you have a smartphone, maybe you want to just take a picture of them, of the questions. Or if you have something to write with, you write this down. But I think this is how you start identifying what's the win for my family or me. What's the win for me going to be this fall? And I think it's three basic questions. The first is... What will help me or my family grow closer to God this fall? Just start thinking about that. What, what would help? Maybe, maybe instead of church once a month, we go twice a month. Maybe uh, I get involved in a mission project uh, once a month. Maybe a, a something or other, right? Maybe the Version Bible, whatever it is. More prayer time with the kids, whatever that is. How? What will I have to do? What's going to help me? Or my family grow closer to God this fall. And then the next one, then what am I going to have to either start or stop doing in order to win? What's something? And maybe just start with one thing. What's something I should start doing or something I should stop doing to ensure that I'm going in that direction? And then lastly, what will I need to practice before the pads are on? What will I need to practice before we get into September? Maybe it's a spiritual habit. Maybe I need to practice that more. Maybe to get our lives into a little more of a routine as much as I can before the craziness starts. When we start asking these questions, then we become intentional. We actually start becoming proactive about living our lives before the calendar fills up. So that when the calendar fills up, we already know what our intentions are. Let's get game ready. Let's make our time work for us. And use it for what matters most.